Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up a series today we've been in uh, called Fear Not. Uh, Fear Not. Uh, The first week of this series, we talked about uh, trusting God fully and completely with everything we have. The Bible says uh, that we have a peace that transcends all understanding. Uh, And in fact, when we are in a world, when we're in a culture that is crippled by fear, whether that's regarding the election or the coronavirus or anything else, uh, we have been given a fear that's beyond our own capability to understand because God has placed it within us. It's a fear that transcends understanding. And then last week we talked about a different fear, uh, a fear of unknowns, a fear of I don't know what is going to happen. And I was thinking uh, it's amazing that it's these inanimate fears, these uh, fears that are not of tangible objects uh, that are actually more crippling. Uh, the, the fears that we have within us, these intrinsic what-if fears, actually cripple us more than the fears of snakes or spiders or anything like that. It's uh, those unknowns often. But we talked about last week, and the Bible says not only uh, will we face these situations where the outcome is unknown, the outcome is uncertain, but actually, biblically, God leads us into those seasons where the outcome is unknown, because it's in those seasons that He really stretches our faith and Today I want to wrap up this series by just looking at a few different uh, circumstances, situations in Scripture where we find fear coming against God's people and how he encourages them, encourages them uh, to respond. Now I had an opportunity uh, last week to do something that I hope never happens again for the rest of my life. Uh, Emily homeschools our children, uh, but last week she had an appointment, so... Uh, She said, Joseph, can you homeschool our children? Uh, Who in here homeschools? Uh, A few people. God bless you. Um, That is a calling from God. And I thank Jesus. It is not my calling from God. Uh, Emily gave me the lessons to do with the kids. She gave me uh, the math lesson to start with. So uh, we start on math. Keep in mind, this is the first lesson of the day. We made about halfway through the lesson, and I said, Daddy needs a break. And (laughs) I left my boys at the table, and I walked out of the room. And when I was in high school, the students would organize the walkout, but I I walked right out of the room. And I came back in, and I said, all right, we're doing an extended recess. You guys can just finish that and go play the rest of the day. Who needs reading and writing? I can't do this anymore. God bless you if you homeschool. God bless you, Emily. I don't know how you do it. But one of the things the boys have been learning uh, in school right now is how to recognize patterns, uh, how to recognize when there is a sequence of events that's just repeating itself over and over. And as I've been studying this series on fear, what I've noticed is there is a pattern that takes place when the Bible talks about fear. Uh, If you're reading in the Old Testament, when God is talking to the people about their fear, it's actually rarely that he only mentions fear. God usually couples it with something else that I want to look at this morning. I want you to look for it, what God is, uh, couples with fear. So in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses is relaying a message to the Israelites. He's relaying what God told him in uh, verse 21 of chapter 1. If you want to put it on the screen. It says, See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, told you. Do not be afraid. 
do not be discouraged. Now in Joshua chapter 1, it's God speaking to Joshua. Joshua is taking the reins of, as the leader of Israel, uh, and he's stepping into uh, the shoes of Moses. Can you imagine stepping into Moses' shoes, the greatest leader who just delivered the people out of Egypt, and he's stepping into his shoes. But God has a word for Joshua of encouragement. He says uh, in verse 7 of chapter 1 of Joshua, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything within it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? And then he says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now one more time, we're looking for what is paired with fear. When God talks about fear, in Joshua chapter 10, Joshua is talking to the army of Israel, Israel, and he says this, verse 25, Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. And in fact, if we continued in this narrative, we could go to 1 Chronicles 22 when David is passing the torch to his son Solomon and he gives him these words, do not be afraid or discouraged. We could look at Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 32 when he's talking to his military officers and they're under siege and he says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Over and over there is this command that God is giving the people, but it's a twofold command. He says, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. When we tell someone, don't be discouraged, what we're basically saying is, don't be sad. You know, we're, we're trying to, to pep them up a little bit. But in the Bible, God gave that as a command. He would tell the people, don't be afraid, and do not be discouraged. Why is it that God would attach this command of being discouraged? Do not be discouraged because biblically church there is a link between fear and discouragement in the context of the commands that we're talking about here discouragement was how fear got a foot in the door discouragement was how fear entered into the equation so what God was actually saying to the people was if you can keep discouragement out of your life it's like a wall that you put up that keeps fear out as well. Whether that's a, a fear of failure, whether that's being afraid to believe God for his promises or to believe God for your own calling. And you may be here today and you say, Pastor, I experience uh, discouragement. Everybody experiences it to an extent. Uh, what we're talking about here is when you have a weight of discouragement, when it's almost like your personality is you are discouraged, you are disheartened, you are defeated all the time. When Paul wrote to the Ephesian church and he said, uh, our battle is not against flesh and blood, he said our battle is against uh, spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Church, there are things that we live with every day and we have no idea it's actually spiritual in nature. When we live with this feeling of being defeated, when we live with discouragement, it almost feels natural. But the reality is, no, it is spiritual warfare over your life. 
Is there anyone who can live a life where you feel discouraged and defeated all the time and can also say, I am walking in God's will in the abundant life that God has set for me? No, you can't say that. Because those two don't mesh together. Discouragement and defeat, it causes us to look at ourselves and say, how could God love someone like me? How could God use someone like me? How could God have plans for someone like me? But discouragement, I want you to see this, is actually a tactic of Satan. So we're going to go in a minute to the book of Ezra. Uh, If you looked in Ezra, what's happening is the Israelite people are being set free from captivity. They've been held captive now, been in exile for years And uh, King Cyrus has set them free to return to Jerusalem. And they say, uh, we're returning there and we have calling, we have purpose. What we're going to do is we're going to rebuild the wall and we're going to build the temple so that we can worship God. They have vision, they have calling, they have purpose. But what happens is their enemies catch wind of what's going on. Their enemies don't want this to happen, and they have a tactic for how they can prevent it from happening. It's not warfare. It's not violence. We're going to look at what it is in Ezra chapter 4, verse 1. 1 and 4, actually. It says, When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they set out to do what? They set out to discourage the people to discourage the people and to make them afraid. A twofold battle plan to keep them from walking in God's will and God's purpose and God's plan for their life. The first is just this. Let's just discourage them. Let's make them feel like this is not for them. They are defeated. It's never going to happen. You see, sometimes we are looking for... uh, this incredible warfare from Satan, from the enemy to keep us out of God's plans. And he's just sneaking in these lies. And he's just coming in the back door with discouragement. You'll never be good enough for God's plan for you. God doesn't even have a plan for you. And we're we're, we're looking for the big stuff coming in our face and he's just sneaking in the back door. The Bible says this over and over. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. See, Satan wants you to stop believing in your calling. He wants you to to lose track of your identity, to stop believing in his promises. We talked about Abraham last week. Um, We talked about how Abraham's faith was commended uh, because not only did Abraham walk in faith into these situations that were full of unknowns, the Bible says Abraham actually stepped on in faith and he didn't even know the destination. He didn't even know where he was going, but because God called him to walk in faith, Abraham did it. And we find something here. Uh, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to humanize Abraham for a minute. I'm going to take him off the pedestal. I'm going to make him a human that you can relate to. So in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, It says this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid. Somebody do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, 
So a servant in my household will be my heir. Now I want you to see a couple things that are taking place here. The first is God begins this by saying, Abram, don't be afraid. Afraid of what? In context, he's saying, don't be afraid of losing the promise. He's saying, it seems right now like the promise is so far out of reach but what God is saying is, is don't have fear of losing the promise God has for you. You see, if you go back, when God makes this statement, when Abraham, Abram is saying, God, you've given me no descendants, do you see that Abram almost appears hopeless here? He's saying, I'm not even going to have any descendants. I've got to give everything I own to someone else. If you look back in Scripture, at least three times recorded in Scripture, God has already said, Abram, you're going to have descendants like the sands of the seashore. Abram, you're going to have descendants. Abram, you're going to have children. At least three times. Yet Abram, in this moment, the hero of our faith is saying, God, am I ever going to have children? You see, the tactic here is just to get them to lose hope. But the Bible says God responds in verse 4. The word of the Lord came to Abram. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, and this is at least the fourth time, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. There are times in our lives where uh, God has spoken a promise to us, but we, we are so far removed, we expected it to come by now, that we stop believing it. And even Abram, four times God had to say, no, you're going to have children. No, the promise is for you. The promise is for you. And Abram, the, uh, um, Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 4. It says, against all hope, Abram, Abraham believed. Against all hope. That means it looked like it was never going to happen. You know what was going on? The enemy was just trying to discourage him. Can I encourage you with something? Don't be afraid to believe that God has big plans for you. Don't be afraid to hope for his promises even if you're so far removed from them that you're starting to wonder if you heard him wrong. Don't be afraid to believe. You see, uh, we have the, these natural walls that we put up to protect ourselves when we have the uh, fear of failure or disappointment. You know what it's called? It's called lowering our expectations. We say, if I lower my expectations of what God can do in my life, can do with my life, then I'll never be disappointed. So I'm protecting myself and I'm protecting God because he doesn't have to worry about disappointing me. What happens is we lower our expectations and we just coast through life. And when I look at the gospel, that was never the calling of any Christian. When God would say to the people, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid, he would counter that by saying, be strong, be courageous. And in fact, 11 times in the Old Testament, he says that, be strong and be courageous, be strong and be courageous. But what's important is he gives the source of the courage. We've talked about 
trusting God in the midst of fear. We've talked about walking in faith in the midst of fear. I want to talk about walking with courage in the midst of fear. Where is your source of courage? In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7 and 8, it says, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. Now see this. It says, the Lord himself. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then he says it again. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. If we can walk under this reality, church, that God is with you. And not only that, but God has gone ahead of you to prepare the way. You know what the Bible says? It says that God has prepared works for you in advance. That means where you are going after the service today, God has already been there to prepare that for you. And if you can walk with that confidence... If you can walk with that confidence that God has been there, he's prepared it, and then God goes with you there. So God's kind of there twice. God is with you. Is there any room for discouragement? Is there any room for fear? And that's exactly what God is saying. If you can focus on your reality that God is with you, he's gone before you, you don't have to worry about being fearful. You don't have to worry about this feeling of defeat and discouragement. Renee, can you come up? In Acts chapter 27, I'm not sure if I have this on the screen or not. Paul is in uh, the midst of a, a shipwreck or, or an impending shipwreck. But God has spoken to him and told him, you're going to come out of this because I need you to speak to people on the other side. In Acts 27, 25, Paul says this, keep up your courage for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Do you have that courage, church? That just as he told me, courage. The courage that says, uh, consider Paul in this moment. They're, they're nearing shipwreck. Life is crazy. They're in the storm. But he said, God told me that there is something for me on the other side of the storm and it will happen just as he said. That is faith. That is trust. That is courage, church. Can you stand with me? You know what's crazy about this, this, this passage we read where Moses is kind of handing the reins of Israel over to Joshua. And he says, Joshua, God will be with you. He'll go before you. He's with you every step of the way. Have courage. Don't, don't fear. Don't be discouraged. You know, that, that's almost like prepping someone for battle. But actually, 
He was just prepping him for his calling. He was saying, Joshua, you have a calling to lead. To lead. Don't be discouraged. Don't look in the mirror and say, how could I lead? How can I step into your shoes? How can I walk in my calling, in my purpose, in my vision? How can I do it? And Moses is just saying, God's already been there. He's prepped every step of the way. God is for you. He's with you every step of the way. And you notice what he says. Moses says, Joshua, he will never leave you or forsake you. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like something I heard in the New Testament. Something a man named Jesus said to his disciples. Lo, I am with you always. He said, I will never leave you. I will never, never forsake you. Church, that, that's an exciting reality. Because if I had to leave this place and do it on my own, it wouldn't go too well. You'd find me laying out front in the fetal position. It's okay, Mindy's got the kids, so just let me cry for a little bit. But no. Do you understand? It's not you. It's you and God. It's God's hand on your life. Can we have a prayer team in the corner if we have a prayer team here today? If you're not part of the prayer team, just go pretend to be if you want to pray for some people. Uh, if you need prayer for any reason today, if it's concerning this message or just something that the Lord has placed on your heart, uh, we want to make that available to you. Uh, if you're here today and that's not you, I just uh, I want you to enter into worship and, and allow God to speak to your heart as Trisha leads us. Lord, I pray this morning that you speak, God. Lord, I, I pray that you reveal to us in this time, Lord, if we have put up walls or barriers, if we have lowered our own expectations of what you can do with our lives, I pray that you raise our bar of faith this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.